You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Thank you for listening to the latest Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. It's Friday the 11th of February and my name's Charlotte Greenway. The BHA issued a statement yesterday in response to the High Court's ruling to award Freddie Tulitsky damages in the negligence case against Graham Gibbons and Cornelius Leiter summarised this on this morning's episode. So in response, there's a, a big mention of... Um, significant advances in stewarding uh, since the incident took place at Kempton. Uh, Answering, says the uh, BHA, uh, points raised by the judge. There's a big mention of a review of sanctions, which is uh, taking place. There's a big mention of saliva testing introduced alongside other testing for drugs in 2019. And that should reassure potential insurers, because clearly insurance is a big issue. What's not adjourned, uh, nothing about why the steward's inquiry wasn't adjourned on the day, though the judge did concede uh, in the High Court that uh, they were were high-pressure times for the stewards. There is no response um, to the expert witness, uh, a long-serving steward, Charlie Lane, still serving uh, as a BHA steward, according to his LinkedIn profile. Uh, No response to him telling the court he still believed that the interference that caused the fall was, was an accident. Well, You know, they've talked about significant advances, but they haven't addressed what Charlie Lane said there. There's no uh, addressing of evidence that alcohol was smelt on the breath of Graham Gibbons on the day or indeed speculation at the time uh, about Gibbons and alcohol. And um, in response to concerns about jockeys not being inclined to to rock the boat when they go into stewards' inquiries, I dare say eyebrows will be raised that the authority believes, according to this um, response that the evidence given by jockeys is just one piece of the evidence jigsaw. Also yesterday, the written reasons were published regarding the nobbling of the Mickeys to be trained ladies first in the stable yard at Newcastle Racecourse back in 2018 by two members of Racecourse staff and Cornelia started with the reasoning behind their 10-year sentence that had raised some eyebrows when it was first handed out. The maximum penalty for the drug administration is 10 years. So that's why it wasn't life. And maximum penalty uh, for uh, lack of cooperation is three years. Uh, As we said, no comment from the authority or from ARC. Uh, In this uh, judgment, the panel talks about security arrangements at Newcastle being wholly inadequate. Well, ARC will want to address that, I imagine. And the panel invited the authority to rigorously inspect Uh, Newcastle uh, as well. So uh, BHA will want to respond to that. There is just so much about this we we don't know about, uh, about which trainers, owners, jockeys, stable staff, punters uh, will all need uh, assurances. Can it really have just been uh, one horse, uh, ladies first trained by Mick Easterby, uh, and probably a second horse called Victoriano trained by Archie Watson? Can it just have been those two? Um, Why did it happen? Who has profited? 
Why is the police uh, not involved? Brian Hughes reached 150 winners for the season following a four-timer at Carlisle on Monday. The first time he's reached that milestone and it'll be interesting to see if he can hit 200 by the end of the season. There's also been plenty of Cheltenham Festival chat on the podcast this week following last weekend's Dublin Racing Festival and it was confirmed during the week that last season's Supreme Novices Hurdle winner Appreciate It will head straight to the champion hurdle at Cheltenham where he may well be the main challenger to Supermare Honeysuckle. In the news outside of the UK and Ireland, this morning France Gallo announced that they have suspended three times champion jockey Pierre Charles Boudot for another six months in relation to the rape charges brought against him by a work rider following a party last February. Then over in the States, Pat Cummings provided an update on Bob Baffert's situation in Kentucky. Everyone in the media and the public seemed to become aware that there was a hearing to be scheduled on February 7th. It was discussed in the New York proceedings involving Bob Baffert uh, and uh, the New York Racing Association's attempt to exclude him where it had been mentioned and confirmed several times uh, during those hearings that there was a uh, there would be clarity on the Kentucky situation come February 7th. February 7th has come and gone and it is became pretty clear this week that no hearing took place but the specifics of when that will happen are still unknown and uh, everyone is is seemingly just waiting for um you know justice essentially to be done one way or another you can listen to the full interview with pat in episode 417 if you missed it And it's Friday, so the Dubai World Cup Carnival continued this afternoon, where there was quite a remarkable performance from the Russian-trained Azir Coast, as he was practically tailed off down the back and just powered home late to take the UAE 2000 guineas on the dirt. The British once again dominated on the turf, with Knight of Thunder four-year-old Storm Damage taking listed honours, and nine-year-old I think it's fair to say legend Law Glitters took the Group 2 Singspiel stakes. We've got a couple of Cheltenham Festival trials this weekend and we'll start with Betfair Super Saturday at Newbury where Colin and Joe Tizard send a strong team spearheaded by Betfair Hurdle favourite JPR1 who Joe spoke to Nick about this morning. You know he's a, he's a horse that has always been very sharp since he joined us last spring. Um, he never ran in, a, in an Irish point-to-point, but he was ready to when he came to us. Um, and then I, I don't think I could have found a halter novice hurdle to start him in, and he and he went and he went and did the business. Um, I'm not quite sure how he got beat at Cheltenham. He looked like to me everywhere he was going to win. Just got chinned on the line, one of those things. But um, you know he's a he's a beautiful young horse. He's very athletic. Um, very streetwise as well, you know. The field's cut up, but I wasn't I wasn't worried if it was going to be twenty odd runners, to be honest, because he's he's very streetwise. Um, novice has got a great record in this race, and you know we just thought we'd 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 have a go. I'm sure he won't be a hundred and thirty rated horse um, in the future. Whether whether this is whether he's quite good enough now, we'll see. But um, I think he deserves to be at the top of the betting and or near the top of the betting, and I think he deserves to take his chance. When did you have the idea to run in this race? What prompted it? Because it's not—it's not necessarily an obvious move, even if novices have got a good record in it. No, and it's not—it's not a route that we necessarily take. But it's—you um, know—we just—we just discussed it 
after after Cheltenham and into the new year, um, we we sort of discussed it, and he, he's just very streetwise, you know. He's he's a lovely, he's got a lovely way of travelling through a race, and he jumps well. So um, he's he's not a baby novice, you know. Some of ours take a couple of runs to get the hang of things. He's just been very streetwise. So then we um then we aimed for for the Taunton races to to make sure he had his three runs in time. I mean, I realise it's a one-step-at-a-time thing, but there have been novices who've gone and run well in this race or won this race and then have gone on and run really well in one of the, the novice races at the at the Cheltenham Festival. Is that is that in your thinking as well? Yeah, well, he's got, he's got, an, he's got an entry in the, in the um, Supreme and the, um, and the two and a half, so he's, he's entered in both. So um, well, certainly, you know, he's, he's a nice young horse. He'll have this run and, and, and hopefully one or two more afterwards and, um, and that won't be long before we go hurdling. Yeah. Before we go chasing, sorry. <laughs> um, so do you think chasing next season? I'd imagine so. You know, he jumps for fun, um, so I'd imagine so. But we'll just, we'll just see how it works out this season. You got stacks of runners over the weekend at Newbury and then at Exeter Sunday. Uh, Eldorado Allen will run in the same colours in the in the Denman Chase. Um, do you see him as a horse who can who can be effective over over nearly three miles? Well, we've just slowly stepped him up. You know, he was definitely going to be two and a half miler this year. Um, he's got an entry in the Ryanair, and I just felt that in the Denman, if ever he's going to if he's going to get it, it's a perfect perfect race course to sort of find out. You know, it's as easy right there on good ground as, as anywhere. So um, I just, you know, there's a few question marks about the other horses in the race and we're just, just dipping our toe in, in, in having a having a bit of a go with him. But, you know, he's a horse who's in he's in top form, um, ran really well at Kempton. It's only second and last time. And, um, you know, there's a few question marks about, about some of the others. I mean, he's he's running really well. He's running to a very high level at the moment. He's just slipping half a notch below the below the very best. Do you think there is a bit more you can squeeze out of him? Well, whether this trip will just bring a bit more out. If if it doesn't, then we might have to go back down the handicap route. But um, but it's um, you know, I don't think he'll be last on. I don't think he'll be last tomorrow. So um, you know, it's good prize, good enough prize money. We're, we're just gonna just find out whether whether he will get three miles on a flat track. And I see the big breakaways had wind surgery and is reappearing in a hurdle race. Um, is that all we need to know, really? I mean, he's very well handicapped on his best. Yeah, he's won around Newbury as well as a novice. So we're, um, he's, <laughs> Nick, he looks, he's, he's a horse that we've always held in high regard. He looks a million dollars. He's he's had this wind operation. He's He's been away doing intense, intensive schooling. Um, we just wanted to get a, a spin into him. And then he's entered in the, in the um, in the Coral handicap chase at Kempton at the end of the month, and but he's fit enough to and and handicap well enough to run to run really well tomorrow. So I'm I'm expecting to expecting to get sort of the wheels back on. Um, had he stood up at Newnab at first time out, it would have been five lanes behind Brave Man's game, trying to give him twelve pounds, and it would have been a hell of a run. But um, but the wheels fell off at Sandown Net the next time, and his wind was catching him out. So hopefully we can get back on track tomorrow. Paul Nichols hasn't sent out a single runner from his base in Ditchit this week. However, he's certainly sending out plenty of firepower at Newbury this weekend with the likes of Brave Man's Game, Calander Zobo, Nappers Hill and Hitman. And he spoke to Nick about how much his yard's recent run of poor form worried him. 
all things get blown out of all proportion. If you read the front of the racing post, you think we were, we, we, we were finished for the season. I'm not going to have any runners for three or four days. Literally didn't have too many entered. And I just wanted to regroup and just make sure everything's right with a view to run all those nice horses on the weekend. Which, by the way, they all, Clan and Hitman and a Brave Man's Game and Napa's Hill all school this morning, and they all look great. They're mad fresh. All the people were happy with them. So in light of anything coming up, you crack on. It's just, just really a few days quiet, that's all. I, I mean, you sit there scratching your head trying to figure out why some of the horses have, have run badly and you've done a load of, of blood tests. Has anything at all come to light? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, there's not, not one horse in the yard's coffin, not one with a dirty nose. He's always got a few little niggly problems. That's always a, always a thing. But no, until now, as I said, we've tested the food, we've tested the hay. You won't get results of that for a few minutes, for a day or two, just to make sure that's all okay. But nothing is differently you know if you had horses that were sick and it was going around you'd know and then you'd know but when they're not and if you'd have seen those guys schooling this morning how they look you just simply got to crack on and i did have a look last night i wrote down the last 20 runners that we had last last week and you could put a line through quite a lot of them because of the ground or they're not good enough for different little reasons and you know we had a few winners and i think just be positive and in light of anything showing up that isn't right we'll just crack on and as far as these horses at the weekend are concerned, if this was any normal time and you were analysing how they how they might run, you know, and, and looking at the races, uh, how, how confident, hopeful, excited would you be? Well, very excited. I mean, Brave Man's game in great order, nice and fresh. Same with Napa's Hill here. Man, we've kept him with this race and clan is the same. You'll be going into this race um, you know, this weekend, you know, full of optimism and hope you have a good day. And still am, really. We got some lovely horses to run and looking forward to it. Claudio Michael Gret is an owner in form with three winners from his last four runners, and he spoke to Nick this morning about the chances of Galley Hill, a £450,000 purchase back in 2019, and whether he could lower the colours of Paul Nichols's Brave Man's Game. Listen, you know, he's, he's, he's got a wind issue. Uh, that, that, that's it, you know, uh, and I'm hoping that he had a hob day after Aintree um, because, you know, he couldn't breathe. That's why he was almost, I felt as though somebody shot him uh, when he came round the bend at Aintree in, in April. Um, and then he, he had a hob day, you know, and then he ran at Exeter, and again, there was a wind issue there. Um, they then decided to cauterise his palate, which I'm, I'm still confused about because if you've got, if you if you're putting a horse uh, through the operation and giving it a hob day, well, why don't you do the palate as well? So I was a little bit miffed about that because it just didn't make sense to me. Um, so he ran at Exeter cruising um, and then cut out again, and then at Doncaster, you know. We thought, right, okay, you know, he's, do, he's doing some great work at home. You know, this will tell us down at the first. So I think the horse has been incredibly uh, unlucky. And I know Nicky Henderson really, really rates this horse. Now, when Nicky talks to me about Galley Hill, I sit up and take and listen because, you know, you're talking about an absolute legend who knows his horses and, and he thinks this is a this is a very, very, very good horse. So we'll see. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong, it's... Uh, you know, it's baptism of fire. I mean, going against Brave Man's Game. You know, you know, I'm I'm, I'm very very apprehensive about that. Uh, in fairness, but uh, he's got it. You know, he's a good horse. He cost a lot of money, mm. uh, and he's and he's and he's working very very well um, at Seven Barrow. So, 
let's just see how good he is and hopefully his, uh, his wind holds up and, and he gives a good performance and, and he comes back safe and sound and then we can all look at each other and go, OK, we, got, we, we, we can go somewhere now. And the, the black... at this moment in, Sorry, at this moment in time, you know, it's just his win, Nick. It's just, it's just that, that, that's all, that's what it is, not all it is, that's what it is. The one race that I think the UK look to have an edge on again this year at the Cheltenham Festival is the Arkle on day one. And our chief hopes look to be Edward Stone and Third Time Lucky, who actually we look set to learn a fair bit more about tomorrow as they take each other on in the Grade 2 Kingmaker Novices Chase at Warwick. And Edward Stone's trainer, Alan King, gave an update to Nick about how his charge had been since his easy Grade 2 success at Kempton over Christmas. Yeah, no, we've been very happy with him, Nick. Um, he obviously had a little break after Kempton. He had three fairly quick runs. Um, and the build-up's gone really well. Um, Tom rode him last week over six fences. He, he jumped away lovely. His work's been good. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy where he is. I mean, there's always that sort of temptation now, it seems, from a lot of people, when when horses do well and have a real flurry of good form before Christmas, to say, right, we'll, we'll batten down the hatches now and you won't see this horse again until until the festival. For you as a trainer, is it quite important to get a, a prep in at a, an appropriate time? Well, it is for him um, because he can get very, very fresh. And um, as I described the other day, he can be a little bit like a bull in a china shop when he's really fresh. So I didn't want to be going to Cheltenham on the back, having not run since Christmas, you know. Um, whereas something like the Glancing Queen, I'm quite happy to leave her and go straight to Cheltenham because I think she's actually better fresh. But I've always felt Edward Stone wanted to run and, and this is, was always the target. I mean, nowadays, the sort of the level of analysis of a horse's performance is, is is much more sophisticated than perhaps it was sort of twenty years ago. And you know, so people have said, "Well, does he jump a bit low? Does he take the odd liberty?" What's your kind of read of that? Well, look, he's 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 been round uh, he's been round Warwick a few times. I always think if you jump round Warwick, you'll go round anywhere. Um, so I, I I don't it hasn't worried me put it that way. And he seems to be a, a, a much more grown-up horse this year. Is that the sort of feeling you've got at home? I mean, yeah, look, he's, he's, he's a horse we've always rated, right from the, the word go. And, I mean, he he's into some bloody superstars on his bumper day. And, you know, he's just taking a bit of time. He used to be very free, very keen. But he's, he's, he's a, as he's got older, I think those runs and those big handicaps last year stood him in good stead. Mentally, it, it toughened him up. Um and all right, I mean, his first couple of chases, we had a, we, we didn't get very far at Doncaster and we put that on hold last year. And then he got brought down at Warwick, but through no fault of his own. But since then, everything's gone well and, you know, offence seems to have relaxed him. Um, so, yeah, it's just manned him up, you know. And, and two-mile chases is something that you have you have a, a really good knowledge of. You've got great history with your, your previous Arkle winners, uh, Voipor, Estedes, and, and My Way to Souls. And so comparisons will always be invited. Are they reasonable comparisons with this horse? No, well, they're totally different ties. I mean, My Way to Souls is weak, and the Arkle having won a world hurdle, you know. Um, Voipor, I wouldn't have thought, has quite got the ability of Edward Stone, but he was a phenomenally tough horse. That, you know, the harder you trained him and ran him, the better he became. But um, you know, um, they're all they're actually different types completely. And when um, you know, Edward Stone's come through the bumper route, you know, whereas the others were were ex French. And when you look at what your likely contenders are going to be, if all goes well on Saturday, uh, you're and you're facing the horses that that came out of that 
two mile novice chase at, at the Dublin Racing Festival. Do do you feel do you feel hopeful? Do you feel that you're you're right up to get Saturday out of the way first? But no, I'm not. I can't worry about other people's horses. <laughs> I've just got to try and trade my own and see what happens. You know, I think he's a very good horse, and I think his form to this point says that. You know, he did a very good time at at Sandown, and he backed that performance up Kempton really. So. Um, you know, I don't think we have to say that. I think the, the, the form's there in the book for everyone to see. Another exciting weekend of racing with plenty of festival clues on offer. And I'm really looking forward to that matchup in the Kingmaker. Tom will be in for Nick on Monday morning to bring you the latest news from around the world of horse racing and the fallout from this weekend's action. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.